Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer, a dating and makeover expert, where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Quick announcement before we get into this amazing episode, and you are really going to enjoy it. Some of you may know that I did a five-day flirt accelerator challenge a few months ago, which was wildly popular, I will say, and many of you have been begging me to do it again, especially the ones who missed it. Well, I have good news. I'm doing it again, and I am starting it January 25th, so definitely, definitely, as you're thinking about it, hop on. If you haven't heard about this... It's normally a longer challenge that I do, and I usually charge for this, but I have condensed it into the most actionable tips that are going to help you ramp up your sex appeal and feminine flair so that you can finally master the art of flirting without feeling awkward or looking desperate in an accelerated format in five days. And the Flirt Accelerator starts January 25th, so don't miss it. Sign up now as I'm saying it, do it. (laughs) And remember, it's completely free. And I'll be using my decade of experience to coach you, of course, and help you feel more confident and less awkward, shed those that shyness that you might be having, and be a magnet for your ideal partner, which is the perfect start to this episode, by the way, as we dive into talking about how to formulate a strategic love plan to have fun in 2021. So don't miss out. Check those show notes and sign up for the challenge today. Now let's get back to the show and I can't wait to see you inside the challenge. Don't you just love those people who you see that make love look so easy? You know, they meet their Prince Charming or Cinderella for that matter. They build their loving custom home. They overcome all obstacles. They get married. They live happily ever after. If only real life were that easy for everyone, right? And yet this romantic story remains right up there on the cultural pedestal. And we measure ourselves quite often against it when we fail. I mean, wouldn't it be way more creative and more effective to strategically and authentically craft the love we deserve rather than sitting and waiting for a white horse to show up? I mean, love like work can be and quite honestly, should be practiced intentionally and thoughtfully. Yet so many times we, you know, you might fall victim to what is commonly said, oh, you know, I'm just really unlucky when it comes to love. You know, I I just, I never find anyone. It's just my luck. Well, no one is unlucky. You need just a plan and sometimes a little motivation to get there. You know, a lot of my clients are really high achievers and, you know, Often with that is a lot of hard work, a lot of perfectionism. And, you know, there was this highly accomplished woman that I would, I have to tell you this story. She was, she worked so hard in every aspect of her life. And this, you know, the description of the highly accomplished person, that that was her. In fact, she said to me when we first spoke that she was really frustrated because here she was, she was successful in every single aspect of her life with her friendships, her career, in her family, but finding love, she was not successful in. And it was just an enigma for her. And she felt that she had bad luck and that 
most men she would date ended up being narcissistic and toxic. And she's like, Ugh, but it's just the guys that I'm coming across. Now, here's the thing that was interesting, of course, as a therapist getting her background, she grew up with parents who just fell in love and they built this perfect life. And she thought that it would just happen to her too. So she was just kind of waiting for that white horse. It was the Cinderella story. So she thought... But you know, there's more to this perfect picture that she was painting. In fact, when we lifted the hood and I helped her see that it wasn't so perfect, there were a lot of other things going on. And this kind of notion of striving for perfection was actually her love shield because she was setting the bar so high with men that she was not allowing herself to really get close to her. And because maybe they just wouldn't be good enough. And that was the operative words not good enough. Those were the real messages that she often got growing up in her home. And so I probed her with questions about how she became so successful in business and friendships and her health. And she said, well, it was easy there because she just set goals. She studied a lot. She worked hard. She mapped out a plan and she set out to do it. I said, well, what if you apply those same principles to your love life? And we crafted a love plan for yourself. She hadn't thought of that. So I helped her map out a vision board and a dating plan, just like a business plan, that was designed for her to focus on exactly what she really wanted and gave her exercises that would allow her to be more open. And after dating up a storm and learning more about herself, she ended up crafting the perfect love plan and landed a great guy. And her friends were amazed when they asked her, like, how did, how did you do it? And she said, it was simple. I did the work. And it wasn't easy, but every day I did the homework that Kim told me to do. So here's the thing. You are the creator of your own happiness, but sometimes you need a little help in getting there. And with me today is someone who knows exactly how to craft a successful life, let me tell you. And he he has made new creations come alive everywhere he goes, it seems like. He's an entrepreneur, best-selling author, speaker, international business, and life strategist. Um, his influence spans the globe, quite honestly. In business, at an early age, he crafted and grew up grew a startup from one employee to over 300, which then led to a successful exit. And then he's been featured all over the place. He, he was on Shark Tank representing his Tulsa-based technology company, which has taken him around the world. His company garnered over 1 billion media impressions worldwide and was featured on Business Week, New York Times, Los Angeles Times, Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg's, I mean, it goes on and on. He's been in Good Morning America, now on Charisma Crochet, um, from commercial developments such as private schools, subway restaurants, and Starbucks, to building custom homes and developing neighborhoods. And he's also a spokesperson for health and wellness. He's also been involved in the growth and development of two supplement companies, from formulations to marketing and distribution. Born from a life of simple means, he never forgets the value of a he is animate about accountability and relentless in negotiations. And when public speaking, he shares candidly his successes, but more importantly, his lessons learned so that others may benefit from the same. I love this quote that he has, and then I'm going to introduce you to take something from nothing and create excellence for others to share is one of the most rewarding things I do. Henry Panix, hi. 
Hey, how are you? I'm so uh, so honored to be here. Oh my God, I'm so happy to have you because we had such a fun conversation on your podcast. Yes. Yeah, and I, I talked about that for for weeks, and uh, yeah, you you were amazing. Oh well, as were you, and you're amazing. I mean, here, I, you know, reading your bio, it it it's, you know, I can hear some listeners just being like, "How did this guy do it?" Like, I'd love to hear your story because you said you came from kind of a simple background, but like, did it all just come easy to you? And and how the, did you become? The, end, the short answer to that question is, I'm 187 years old. <laughs> and I, I also got uh, created a serum that makes me look a lot younger. So uh, at 187, I've I've been a few places. I've done a few things. <laughs> Obviously, oh my god! I know it was funny because I was doing the math too. I'm like, how is he so young and he's accomplished so much? Now I know it's all in the supplements. <laughs> now, uh, yeah, it's a little thing on my bio that I snuck in that I right. brought. Up wellness thing and all that. No, uh, honestly, I, I did come from very simple means and, and I could tell you the, the four hour version or the, or the four minute version. So I'll, I'll, with regards to time, uh, the four minute version is, uh, I, we grew up with, you know, very, very simple means. My, my family wasn't, uh, like dirt poor where we had to go on food stamps and all of that, but we were by no means wealthy. Uh, I remember a conversation my mom and I had, and I was about seven or eight years old. And I said, mom, what are those big dog statues doing in front of the, the door of that, that retail place? And she said, oh, honey, those are just for the rich people. And then I started to ask, what are rich people? And why are they different than us? Why can't we have? And, and I, I think throughout my life, I've been very curious and inquisitive so when I started asking what were rich people, and then of course you get the true definition of wealth as you get all the things that money can't buy and, and all of that. But in that specific example, why can't we have those? And why don't you guys have those? And, and that sort of started me, my, some of my first businesses was pushing a lawnmower around the block. Uh, when I was probably 10, 11 years old, I would go and and get a deal for $15, $20, I would mow a yard and weed eat it. And, you know, I was, I was very, I remember even at a young age, I was very detailed oriented and, and accountable to myself to get the job done right. And then when I found out that, you know, minimum wage was, you know, back then six, $8 an hour and I could charge 20 and I could hire one of my friends that would take an hour to mow the yard. I started to scale at 10 years old, 10, 11 years old. So now I would get two guys walking around the block um, saved up enough money for my first motorcycle, for my first car. I could put the lawnmowers in the back of the car. And I had a couple people working for me now and blah, 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 blah. So that, that led into, you know, again, me being curious, me being able to walk up and, and ask somebody for an order when I was 10, 11 years old, where sometimes today you see 18, 20 year olds, 25 year olds that can't do that. And I think through that process, uh, and, and trying to keep my head on straight and, and screwing up a lot and learning from those screw ups, uh, I think is kind of what got me today to where I am, where before, you know, I, I, in one of my books, I write how I, I put $120, $130 worth of rings on a 12 month charge because I was so poor. I couldn't, couldn't even pay for that to being invited to the United Nations and, and speaking and, you know, and having choices now um, has been quite the ride. So I, you know, I, I think that's the, that's the short version of trying to remain humble and trying to 
to kind of walk that line between humility and being confident, you know, because some, if you're too confident, you're cocky. If you're too humble, nobody listens. So finding that line and, and doing the work, like you said before, I think has, has uh, fortunately put me in the position I'm in, I'm in today. You know, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that you fell down a couple times because, you know, someone more might more than a couple, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you know, I mean, looking at you and your bio, I mean, most people would be like, you know, there's no way that guy ever failed, you know? So I'd love to hear some of those, um, situations and like, how did you get back up and how did you overcome them? Because I'll just, uh, you know, from my experience with, even with dating, a lot of times people kind of just fall victim to all their failures and relationships say, and they just kind of chalk it up to again, like bad luck or just, you know, it always happens to me. Like, how do, how did you pull yourself up from that? Yeah. Well, uh, failure is an event, not a person. Mm. And it may be a snapshot in time, but it doesn't define your lifetime. So if people really understand that and, and, you know, depending on which story you read, uh, Edison either failed a thousand times or 10,000 times. And when the reporter asked him, how did you fail that many times? He said, I didn't fail once. I just found 10,000 ways that wouldn't work. And on each one of them, I learned and then I grew and I learned and I grew and I learned and I grew. The, the, you know, the most known uh, phraseology around that is it's not how many times you get knocked down. It's how many times you get up. And as long as you get up one more time than you, than you get knocked down, you're going to be successful. And I, I kind of, you know, my podcast, my podcast is called Henry the Business Fighter. And I think it was through a sort of a lifetime of fighting and getting back up that really, um, you know, helped me get to where I am today. But, uh, you know, you, you asked me the, the times I got knocked down, they're, they're so... There's so many, you know, when I rebelled, my father was a pastor. So of course I rebelled and I became the typical PK and I did everything I wasn't supposed to, uh, got thrown in jail three times, a couple of times for fighting, destroying property, a DUI. Uh, it was just, it was just sick. But as, as far as I went that way, I also went the other way with passion and love and, you know, like I'm either all in or I'm all out. And if I'm going to drink, I'm going to get drunk. If I'm going to love, I'm going to love passionately. If I'm going to, you know, be humble, I'm going to shut my mouth. Like there's no, <laughs> and, <laughs> no in between. That's, that's, that's kind of got me in trouble sometimes. Yeah. But, but again, through all those things, I never consider them failure. I consider them just learning, you know, and having different events. I've had companies that have been very successful that I've exited for millions of dollars. And I was able to retire when I was 35, financially independent. And, and I've had other businesses that I've tried to take them all around the world. And, and then I get another $2 trillion valued company, uh, take some of my technology. I won't mention who that is, but you can probably Google it. Um, <laughs> and, and I, and I learn and, and grow through that. And, and you just, you keep getting up that one more time. You keep learning, uh, you know, Anthony Robbins, I listened to some of his stuff. I've, I've actually met him a couple of times and we've had some pretty good conversations and, you know, he, he's always, he, he's of the same thing. It's like, it's not how many times you, you get knocked down, but it's how many times you get up. And, and he talks about how the, the hero is always defined by the size of his opponent. So, so if I'm playing my next door neighbor in a game of golf and beating, that's, you know, that's great, but it doesn't mean anything because my neighbor sucks. If I play Tiger Woods and beat him, I've just been defined by the size of my opponent. So 
I don't turn away from failure or turn away from big obstacles. I look for huge obstacles so that I can have huge successes. And if I don't win for some reason, I've learned a different path and I'll look for an even bigger obstacle next time so that I can use what I learned on this one and, and move to it and then through it and, and, you know, become victorious. So I've, I've won more than I've lost, but I've lost a lot. I've learned. And, um, you know, again, that puts me where I am today. I love it. And I, I love that you use those, you know, failures to, to grow rather than, you know, have you be down the, the polarity that you talked about is so interesting because you know how, like you said, you're all in or all out, you know? Um, and I always, I often find that, what serves you can also hurt you and what hurts you also serves you. And it's what you do with it is more important. Um, You have to recognize that in other people. I don't mean to cut you off. I'm just, every time we talk, you get me, you get me so juiced. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) like I want to keep going and keep going, but but you have to realize that when you're looking at other people too, you know, is that argument I got in with that person, like, like they were very passionate. So I bet on the other side of that, since we're talking about love, mm-hmm. I bet they're an amazing lover. And I bet they put passion into their relationship because they're so fiery on this side, you know, like, like just step back and look at the whole picture and don't judge people by just what you immediately see. Take a half a step back and, and you know, and really evaluate. Oh yeah. I Wait, I want to circle back to that because I, I do <laughs> want to talk about that passion because that's yeah. That's a hot topic. Um, But I wanted to finish something also around that whole failure thing and how you can also sometimes get juiced by it. You know, like I, I have learned to like almost have a game of it sometimes, you know, when, and, and that's, that's the fun part. There was a client that I was working with and she was so sick of getting ghosted and, you know, like, the the online dating thing was so painful for her because every time somebody wouldn't show or respond to her, she was devastated. Like she literally would be like, I can't do this anymore. And she was so burnt out and she fell victim to the failures in her mind. Right. And when I made a plan for her to actually make a game of it, I said, look, I don't even treat these guys as dates. I just want you like practicing how many you can get to not ghost you, you know, like, let's just have a little fun with it. Right. And again, (laughs) right. Yeah, exactly. It's all perception. So she started doing it. And then obviously I was doing a lot of like self-esteem building because as you can hear, she had a lot of self-esteem issues. And so, you know, those two together was kind of like a magic bullet for her because after like three months of working with her, she's like, bring it on. She had like her boxing gloves on. She's like, Kim, I actually think it's fun when guys ghost me now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, cause then she started seeing who the good guys are, who the ones that aren't going to serve her and the ones that aren't, she, it was like fun for her to get rid of them so fast, you know, well, and so, you bring up a, you bring up a great point because I, 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 you know, a few years ago I worked with fortune 150 corporation and we did about 3 billion a year. And, and I was, I, I, and I only say this to add credibility to what I'm getting ready to tell you, but I was in the top 2% of that company worldwide and they wanted me to move to a bigger city and blah, blah, blah. But we used to train the, the salespeople. We used to tell them that, you know, you may start out, you may have to call on a hundred people to get one or two or three to respond and buy from you. 
and and make it a game. And, and you asked me to combine business and love here. So, yeah. so make it a game. If you have to go through, uh, if you're a woman and you have to go through a hundred guys to get a date, make it a game and, and try to get through them even um, not quicker, but but more purposefully, like say, okay, that one's X off. That means the next one may be it. I've got 20 down. I've only got 80 more to go or 70 more to go to get to my 10. Now I've got 30 down. And, you know, I'm using big numbers. Love but it. Yeah. Make, make that relate. And, and, and the more you do that, a lot of salespeople that I trained, like they would start out only having a 10% close rate. Then they would work up to a 20% rate, a 30%, a 40%. A close rate is when you close a deal. And, and some worked up to a 50% close rate. So that means every other person they spoke with, they closed. And that's almost unheard of in the industry. But if you've got a 30, 40, 50% close rate, you only talk, have to talk to you know 10 people to get three or four to respond to you. So making the love game a love game set your goal to go out and talk to 10 people. And the first four or five you get through, if they reject you, don't let them, don't let them, don't let that bother you. Let it inspire you to say, per my odds, now the next five are going to respond to me. Somebody in that next five, I'm going to get two or three that I'm going to close, you know? And, and I, I love that. I love, and I love that about you making a plan and work your plan. Oh my God. I think you just created, of course, a new product. <laughs> I think you just, <laughs> you just created a strategy on how to close a date. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> That's absolutely. awesome. And, and yeah. it's real and it works. Yeah. Yeah, no, af- absolutely. And because you know what happens too is that you take the emotion out of it often when you have like more practice at it and because it's creating a new habit. And a lot of times our fears come from the unknown and it's rejection, abandonment, it goes on and on and on. And when you take that out of the equation and just make it a task, people are able to do it and that builds confidence ultimately. Right. And so well, they don't think it's so personal. Like, yeah. like somebody, like if you were trying to sell whatever to somebody, if you were trying to sell a piece of land to somebody and they said, no, I'm really not interested. You wouldn't go home and look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm such a piece of crap. Right. Nobody loves me. <laughs> I'm horrible. You know, like you right. wouldn't say, okay, the next guy may buy and you go on to the next one. So that's, that's absolutely right. Yeah. Okay. Now I want to circle back to that passion that you were talking about with the love. So I have a question. Have you applied the same principles to your own love life? Like as you were building, you know, your successful empire, did you find that it trickled into all aspects of your life? Like your personal, your love, all that? Yeah, absolutely. The, the example I was using of the fiery person that you may discount initially could come up and be the best lover you've ever been with. Uh, I've had personal, I'll just say I've had personal experience with that. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell, which is why I just circled back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. And, and yeah, I'm I not am gonna kinda, let that go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and because I'm I'm more of a private person, I I will sidestep that a little bit. But the, okay. the lesson bringing out bringing out of that is that you you have to look at the person as a whole. And, you know, mm. a lot of people say the thing that you don't like in somebody else is what you see about yourself in them. Oh, yeah. And so a lot of times, well, you're just too pushy and you're just too this. And I, well, you know what? Let me look in the mirror for a minute. And I'm a little pushy sometimes. And, you know, let me, let, let me really see what I don't like about that. And is it them or is it a part of me that I don't like about me? And And that's a very deep analysis that if you go into, and again, look at the whole picture, 
don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, I think it can actually help you. I, I really like that. Like you did kind of what I call a reframe right there. And, you know, when I was in um, graduate school becoming a therapist, I'll never forget a professor said when we were learning about, you know, couples therapy and, and relationships, he said, you know, there's a lot of research out there that when you meet somebody for the first time, the thing that attracts you ends up repelling you in the end. And if you think about it, it's kind of true. I mean, given what you're saying too, it's so, so true. But like, how can we take responsibility for that? What's our piece in that? Why are we getting attracted to that? But also, is it, is it also a gift? You know, like, why did it work one time and not another time? You know, taking Absolutely. a look more at that relationship. So, yeah, that, that's great. Well, you, um, you said earlier that uh, um, you said, you know, some people just say that I'm unlucky in love. And, you know, maybe you're not unlucky. Maybe you're just unlovely. So when you become the person you want to be or you want to see in someone else, be that love that you want to see, be that love you want to attract, uh, see in someone else what inspires you. And, you know, because there's always two ways to look at everything, everything, you know, there's there's his side, there's her side, and then there's the truth. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. you know, there's, there's, you can <laughs> always hear the story. You can, and, and we're the worst at telling that story to ourselves. Oh, but, yeah. you know, are you unlucky or are you just unlovely? Like, can you be loved? Mm-hmm. You know, are, are there walls there that you need to look at yourself that you're recognizing in other people that you need to, to take stock of and, and maybe do a little work on? And like you said, you can do no work unless you have a plan. So get a plan, write it down. If, if five out of the 10 things work on that plan, use those next, change the other five and and keep going, but, but you're not unlucky, unlucky. You may be unlovely. So I think look at yourself first and then look at the other person. That I just got chills. It's so, it's, it's so true. You know, a lot of times people will come to me and yeah, they're so focused on finding the man or finding that woman. And, you know, by the end they realize that, you know, it's great that I have a guy or a girl, but for the first time I love me. And that's when you know it works. Right. It's looking in the mirror and seeing and really believing it, not just saying it to say it, but truly embodying it and believing it. Because I believe and I mean, you can attest to this. That is the key to success and everything. Right. Like if you're inherently happy with who you are, even the failures won't knock you down because you're like, but I have me and I know who I am. You know, here's the biggest thing out of what you just said, from my perspective, if you don't love yourself and if you aren't confident in yourself the other person you're trying to get to love you will see that and be repelled by it yeah so so I'll, i'll i'll give you a business example if i'm not sold on my product i could never sell it to anybody else and that just comes from me being but super authentic i put everything on the table i'm i'm as transparent as i can be but if i really believe in something you can't walk away without buying it if you talk to me like, like you're going to love it because I believe in it. I believe in it with my whole heart. Like again, a hundred percent in or a hundred percent out. So if you're a hundred percent in with yourself and you love yourself, that next person you talk to is going to feel that. And that's going to attract them. If you're not a hundred percent with yourself and you've, you've got some hangups that you need to work on a little bit before you go out and try to be the person you want to attract, 
Like you need to work on that first because that person can see that. Um, you know, if I was selling a, a pencil, you know, I, I could come to you and I could say, Kimmy, uh, this pencil, you're not going to believe it. It's something that I just found uh, that you never have to sharpen it. And the way it writes it, it makes you look like a queen when you're writing. I mean, the, the fonts on it, it's, it's beautiful. It slips right in your pocket. It doesn't get anything on your, your, your coat. Like it's perfect. You know, you're, you're just, at I least would buy try. it. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, at least try it. Like, like, yeah. like, if you don't try this, like you're, you're out, you know, like, like you need to check this out versus Kim. I've got this pencil and um, I'm not totally sure about it, but, but um, you know, it may write okay. And, and, and I, you know, when I looked at the mirror today, it looked decent, but it wasn't perfect. And, and it's, I don't know. Do you want to, would you want to by any chance try this? Okay. No, you I know, don't want to date you or, or have your pen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, you know what I mean? Like, so, yes, so that's that, so perfect. That to the yeah. love potion that you do and that whole thing yes. we just talked about and, and, and don't be fake about it. I mean, you either love yourself because you can also smell fake. So don't try to go out and just put on an air because that only lasts one or two dates maybe. And then the true you comes out anyway. So don't waste your time. But if you do the work, get comfortable with yourself, love yourself, and go out and project that into who you're trying to attract, you'll win, period. You can take your close rate from 10% to 50, 60, 70%. Fantastic. I think we just crafted a love plan for people. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how That's that works. <laughs> no, works I mean. And, and flip it. If you're not, yeah. if you don't have that part of your life sewed up, it's going to screw up everything else. You'll never be successful in business to your full potential. You'll yep. never love your job. You'll never love anything else unless you've got that part of your life handled. Either you can be a confident single person. That's fine. You can be a person that has a, a significant other, a spouse, whatever. But until that part of your life gets sort of shored up, it's going to affect and infect everything else in your life. Yeah. I always say what shows up in one area of your life leaks into others, even though we don't think so. Like that client who's like, I'm successful in everything and except for my love life, all the things she was dealing with, with the perfectionism and not being good enough was still showing up in those other areas. But okay. yeah, it, it's, that, that is really true. Well, you know, just to recap, cause you, there's so many like golden nuggets that came out of what you said during this whole podcast, you know, from embracing rejection to loving yourself, to having a closing plan, to make things a game, you know, to take the emotion out of it. And I think what you were talking about just now is really showing up authentically too. Like you, you know, instead of trying to sell yourself by morphing yourself into something that you think other people want to see, it's yep. going to backfire every single time. And I every see this time. time and time again with lopsided relationships. And so you have to like be really clear on who you are and what you're about. And, and, and that does come from the self-love. So I love that. Any other like last tips that you would share? Uh, no, I mean, that's, that, that's about it. We could talk forever about this because there's, you know, there's different layers, there's different layers of your own life. And, and I, I would probably say, if this has at least inspired you listening right now, take the next step and get with, with Kim, Kimmy, as her Aww. friends call her, and, and let her write out a plan for you because it, that's going to affect every area of your life. And if you don't have that shored up, no other area of your life is going to be short up. So go ahead and make a plan. Uh, 
let her help you hold yourself accountable to that plan. That that's one of the biggest things because anybody can write a plan, anybody can think of it, but until yeah. you actually execute it and hold yourself accountable, meaning I'm going to call or email Kimmy once a week or once every two weeks or whatever it is and update her on my progress, hold yourself accountable to a plan and, and watch your life change forever. Mm, thank you so much for that. And I, I think that accountability piece is so important in ways of like motivation too, because we can't see ourselves either, you know, and having that like, you know, bird's eye view from anybody. I mean, whether it's me or, or Henry or a friend, you know, have that, that person really holds you in that light because sometimes we see ourselves as worse or better, you know, it's, it's hard to get that picture. So tell everybody where they can find you in case people need your assistance. Oh, well, I just anywhere, henrypenix.com, uh, H-E-N-R-Y-P-E-N-I-X.com, uh, Henry, the business fighter on Instagram, Facebook, uh, tweet, Twitter, uh, and all of those, you just put in my name. I've got a very unique name. Um, my, my, my last, <laughs> yes, name you do. Got, my, my last name got me in a lot of fights growing up. So, uh, <laughs> even the spell correct. If you put in my last name and it, you know, it, it's spelled correct. It's, it's been embarrassing sometimes. <laughs> I, okay. Full disclosure. I almost asked you how to pronounce it before we started. Uh, and, and yes, I, figured, I, know. I just kind of, yeah, I just went with what I thought. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it can be, uh, kind of twisted around and, and, uh, I'll, I'll give you a joke about that off camera of something that happened to me once. <laughs> I don't think it's appropriate now, but uh, Henry Penix, all of the the social media, and and I'd love to interact with you. You can follow some of my videos or whatever. Well, obviously you're memorable in so many ways, and you're everywhere. And thank you so much again. This is super fun having you on. No, thank you. It's, it's been a pleasure anytime. Awesome, and thanks for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, of course, Kimmy Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And make sure you go to my site, kimmyseltzer.com. And if you need help crafting a love life and you're craving it and you just don't know where to go, you can sign up for a free breakthrough call right here and I'll help you map it out. And remember, you have the power and control to create your own love story. Stay tuned until next week with more tips on how to feel and look fabulous every day.